If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the Rogue One, Gary Witta. Good morning, Tim. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Right before we went live here, we started talking about this video game. I don't know if anyone's heard of it. I don't think anyone's talked about it recently or ever. It's called NBA Street Volume 2. And uh, you you just said you were going to drop a nugget, a little trivia, a little piece of information that I don't know about this game. Please, well, please do that. Gary. It wasn't necessary because I, I just thought it was funny. You, we have a completely separate conversation about listening to music around the house. And you wrecked and you mentioned they reminisce over you an absolute mm. classic track and oh yeah um and i mentioned that previously last week on the x cast it had come up in a completely different context because it's on the nba street volume 2 soundtrack one of the mm. one of the great tracks it was it's not necessarily like a piece of trivia i just wanted to ask you if you remembered if you knew this that's the song that most people associate with nba street volume 2 but it's not the track that plays on the title screen do you remember oh, yeah. what's the track that plays on the title screen live on stage Right? No, it's not the that, that, well, that, unless, that, unless, that, that, unless it rotates. On stage. You know what? I, when, when, sure. when I think of the NBA Street Volume Two soundtrack, you know what I think of? Nelly, not in my house. Okay, yeah, you yeah, might yeah. catch the funniest... me on the road, but not in my house. Yes, come on, yes. that's the what I remember. The best thing about that soundtrack is, if I remember correctly, it's six songs. There are six songs that that's just all you play. need when they're all that good, though. That's the thing. They're all so damn good that you're just every like, single right. one. You're happy to see it rotate back. There was a period when I listened to They Reminisce Over You, like it was on constant rotation. You know what that pisses was that... me off, though, Gary? Yeah. The commercial for NBA Street Volume 2 featured uh, this or that. Uh, you can get with this or you can get with that. You okay. can get with the, you know with the with the iconic yeah, yeah, yeah. The third verse the engine engine number nine another another banger another so snow, snow gold banger and it's not in the game it's not in the game if I remember correctly it is in NBA Street Volume One but it is not in two even though it was in the commercial shout out to it's, Black Sheep man they are just so damn good <laughs> it's funny it. you know there's a there's a broader conversation here about how really good video really good music curation in video games as you often see in sports games ea's been good at this for years you know whether it be nba street the fifa games whatever they always load them up with you know really good contemporary music and that's for, for someone like me who is not cool when it comes to music it isn't typically very good at music discovery video games over the years and games like nba street volume 2 and the fifa games have been a great way for me to discover music that i otherwise never would have heard i might not ever have heard uh, they reminisce over you if it weren't for nba street and now you know it's like every time i hear it i love that song yeah totally i last night i was at uh, i was having dinner at the restaurant bj's and you know they're playing like all the music that they play out of bj's i don't know what that means but just like normal music and all of a sudden i hear something and i'm looking at gia and i'm like she's like what's wrong i'm like i'm holy shit this is superman by goldfinger as made popular by tony hawk's pro skater one and i had a moment gary where i'm here like it kind of feels like when you see your teacher outside of school we're like, you don't even know how to deal with the situation because it's like, you're very familiar with this, but they're in the wrong place. 
it was that type right. of thing where I'm like, what the fuck? I'm hearing this song in the real world. Like it just yeah. felt so it felt like worlds colliding in this this crazy way where like generally Superman and BJ's generally went together you, a couple times in my life. Music is really closely associated with memory. Like we all have those songs that we associate with like a breakup or a heartbreak when we were younger or whatever, the song that was playing when like some shit went down. Um, and I, I, in a similar way, I often associate songs that I know well with, with the context, the first time that I heard them. So again, every time I hear the reminisce over you, I go straight to NBA street volume two. There's a particular blur song called 19, 2000, a very, a very specific, specific remix of it. Gorillas. That I first just, uh, that I, um, sorry, gorillas, my mistake. Yeah. Damon Albarn. Uh, um, that I first just, uh, uh, the the remix. Soul Child remix that Soul I just discovered oh that was in Project Gotham Racing 3. And mm -hmm. every time that song comes on, even if it's just on the radio in its own context, I go straight back to Project Gotham, uh, Gotham Racing 3. So there's a, there's a particular Kasabian song that I associate with whatever FIFA game it was in a few years ago. That's just how it works now. And it is. I don't listen to a lot of radio. When I listen to music, I just listen to shit that I already know. So I don't often discover a lot of new music and the kind of stuff that, that bubbles up you know on the radio is not often to, uh, to my interest anyway so really video games one of the great gifts that it's given me and i think many of us over the years is now that music plays such a big part of video games the gta games obviously have been great at this as well just a great way to discover cool music that you might otherwise never have discovered exactly that gorilla song that specific remix of that gorilla song yeah the soul in... child remix of 19 2000 it's the music that so we choose good. come on it's we all so know good. it it we legitimately it. that remix might be in my top three favorite songs of all time like if i was great, on an island and i could only listen song. to three songs and i don't understand why this hypothetical island allows me to listen to songs but i would make sure that that remix is on this but you know what gary there's so many other things we need to talk about because this is kind of funny games daily we're each and every weekday right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we get together to talk about all the video game news that you need to know uh if you can't watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or roosterteeth.com if you're watching live though you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong uh, and also a new thing as of today we are now epic partners which means we have an epic creator code you can use our epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support us it's really cool and to support that uh today we are doing a launch stream for kna bridge of spirits andy cortez is going to be playing through it right after this on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games that's going to be a ton of fun and we're giving away 21 codes to people in the chat of kana bridge of spirits so that's going to be a lot of fun if you want to be a part of this show you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free along with the daily exclusive post show a little housekeeping for you it's september on twitch viewers across the platform throughout the month can take advantage of 20 percent off subscriptions for first-time subs and gifted subs your support means the world to us here at kind of funny and right now you can take advantage of this deal and receive benefits like ad free viewing sub emotes and more uh thursday we're going to be playing world war z aftermath for a sponsored stream you can swing by at 11 a.m pt right after kind of funny games daily to see greg mike andy and blessing blast some zombies if you miss it live It'll be on our newest YouTube channel, youtube.com slash kind of funny plays afterwards. Thank you to our Patreon producers, the kind of funny destiny Two PC clan blackjack. You guys are all amazing. Thank you so much. Today we're brought to you by DraftKings away and Amazon music, but I'll tell you all about that later. Cause we got some fun stuff to talk about Gary. Let's see. It's time to be yeah, what, what is and forever will be the Roper report.
It's been a while since I posted this show. Uh, we have five news stories today. Uh, Baker's Dozen! Exactly. Story number one, the Cana Bridge of Spirits reviews are in, and they might not be what you expected, everybody. Currently sitting at an 84 on Metacritic. Our full review is up right now on PS I Love You XOXO. You can get it on podcast services or youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Uh, it was the cast of PS I Love You. So, of course, Greg Miller, of course, Blessing Eddie Uye Jr. and Janet Garcia. They were joined by me and Andy Cortez. So you got a whole bunch of different thoughts about all of that stuff. But if you want some more thoughts, I got them for you right here. Uh, IGN's Mitchell Saltzman gave it an 8 out of 10, saying... It makes sense that Ember Lab, the developer of Kane of Bridge's Spirit, started out as an animation studio. Just looking at this gorgeous world and Pixar-esque character designs tells you that this is a team that has a ton of experience in making incredible digital works, including their fantastic, I'm editorializing a little bit here, Majora's Mask fan film, Terrible Fate, that if you haven't seen, go on YouTube right now and check it out. It is stunning, gorgeous, beautiful, and definitely sets the stage for what Kena is about to bring to you. While Bridge of Spirit's gameplay doesn't quite match the extraordinarily high bar set by its visual for a number of reasons, including some bland storytelling and shallow progression, this 3D open-world action adventure is still nonetheless an impressive achievement thanks to its exciting and deceptively simple combat and an excellent balance of action, puzzle-solving, and platforming. Moving over to GameSpot, uh, Phil Hornshot gave it a 9. In Kana Bridge of Spirits, everyday items are imbued with new, unseen emotional significance. A wooden mask is a link to the spirit of the person for whom it was made. Objects like a construction hammer or a box filled with food are tied to memories of the people who have been lost. Locations that were once the sites of vibrant and happy times are, are scared, scarred with the pain and trauma suffered within them. The interactions with the characters you find in each section of the game help imbue the areas in and around the village with the character of their own, and despite the fact that the place has been all but destroyed, you can feel the life that once thrived there. It's about exploring a world, seeing what it once was, and helping to restore it again. While Cana Bridge of Spirits is full of familiar feeling combat and exploration, its ability to find different ways to look at those ideas makes for a beautiful, emotional, and exciting journey. And finally, Game Informer's Andrew Reiner, the homie, also gave it a 9 out of 10. Bridge of spirit stumbles a little in spots yet confidently sprints into the hearts of the adventure rewarding the player with secrets galore and visuals that are almost always worth admiring if you love zelda like games or are just looking for an experience that will make you smile every step of the way you can't go wrong with kana bridge of spirits gary witta have you played this game are you interested in this game and what's this do for you so strangely, this is one that had not been on my radar at all. I don't think I'd ever heard of this game. If it had been in some PlayStation showcase down, you know, prior to this, I must have missed it. But I had not seen a lot of kind of pre-advanced publicity for this. The first I heard of it yesterday uh, was a tweet from my friend Mike Krahulik over at Penny Arcade, who was excited about it and tweeted out a, a picture of it. And um, he's an artist, so he was he was saying he really responded to the art style. The visual style looked really good to him. And it does. It, look great. it looks great. The whole vibe of it, both aesthetically um and just in terms of just like the, the whole feel of it i'm getting almost kind of like a rare in the last dragon kind of vibe from it which, which is a movie that i really really uh loved and so i don't know very much about it but if you tell if you tell me it's got like a rare in the last dragon kind of aesthetic and it's a zelda type game possibly sounds like it might also be kid friendly so maybe my kid would like the look of it my whole family uh loves zelda games so i don't know this this kind of this kind of came out of nowhere is it just me or does it feel like this kind of crept up on us this game um, it, it's not, 
it didn't creep us on out of nowhere, but I think that because of just the state of the world, there's a couple of weird elements of it where it did get delayed. And I think that because of that, it got lost in the shuffle a bit. And the biggest thing is it just came out and the review embargo was last night at 9 p.m., which didn't right. really fill people with faith. So I think that that was one of those things where they were flying under the radar. So you might not have been thinking about it much in the last couple of months, even though they, they did talk about it a lot over the last year. Like this was one of those big showpiece titles for the, the PS5 um, showcases that they've had to, to really show off the system um, and what a, a independent small studio could do. This is their first game. Um, and I think that all that together uh, gave reason for people to be really excited and, and look forward to this. Uh, but I think that was the other thing is this is a big surprise. And I think that we kind of just need to, wrap our heads around the fact that reviews coming in last minute doesn't necessarily mean the kiss of death that it used to uh, in this COVID world that we're in now where things just are not how they used to be. And this game is fantastic. People are really, really enjoying it. And like at the, it's getting a ton of eights, tons of nines, even getting some tens. So uh, even though it felt kind of like, Ooh, how's this, how's this coming together? We didn't get review codes until just a couple days ago uh, to be able to play, which is rare for this thing. But then when you put it in the context of, this is a very small team and this is their first game and uh for it to to hit the the levels that this did is extremely impressive um you can listen to our full thoughts on ps i love you but uh just to to give you a thought of where i'm at with the game i haven't beat it yet i'm a little over two-thirds through at this point and i don't want it to end i'm enjoying my time with it every minute of it and i've only enjoyed the game more as it went on i started really liking it and where i'm at now i'm really loving it like this game is special and it's the type of thing where i feel it's it's difficult to talk about without adding some butts and some like disclaimers of like yeah well this is feels a little archaic and this feels a little like whatever I don't even want to focus on that stuff because the good, there's so much good here. And it's not just the visuals. This game is deceivingly difficult, deceivingly complex. Like, I do think that it's going to be a game that uh, is going to kick a lot of kids' asses because they're going to think it's this like fun Pixar adventure. And the spirit's there for sure. But some of the boss fights are brutal. But it's the type okay. of brutal that is what I like from Frustrating Challenge, where you're supposed to die a couple times fighting the boss to understand the pattern and and go through uh, and, and learn what you're supposed to do because as you play through the game, you, you get new abilities that allow you different uh, both puzzle solutions but also combat solutions. And I think that that's where a lot of the Zelda um, comparisons come into play. And, you know, there's been a lot of conversation talking about this game being uh, reminiscent of PS2 games or like the old – Star Fox Adventures, like the GameCube Zelda, like Okami, like that type of thing. And I think that that is a compliment. Like it is definitely not a, uh, uh, a criticism. And for the most part, like there are elements of it that are, but I think that that's where the criticisms come into play of it being a PS5 game where it's like, there are just modern elements missing where an example being when you pull up the, the map, you can't put waypoints anywhere. And it just kind of feels like that's a standard thing that, it's not fun to know where you're supposed to be going in a video game and having to pull up your map every three seconds just to make sure your little dumb arrow is orienting the right way. You know, oh God, that drives, about, me crazy when yeah. game, drives me crazy when games do that. Yeah, it's just like that's not it's not enhancing the gameplay to make you feel like you're lost trying to find your way. It's like I know I'm trying to go. And like is the solution always to be able to just drop a waypoint on the, the map, pop out, and then there's like a blue thing line path going exactly where to go i don't know that that's necessarily the answer but 
not having that in this is one of the examples of it not feeling modern and kind of feeling a little archaic. But I don't think that that's that big of a deal. I will. Um, I would definitely take a look at it. What you said about the difficulty level is not a plus for me. You know how I like, you know, my baby ass baby mode when I play games. There is that. There's a story mode. There's a story mode. Okay, so that's good. I always, always, I always like the whatever. Whenever it says recommended for people who just want to experience the story, mm-hmm. click, click, click. I'm straight there. Um, everything you said about Zelda again, I, I, I might have to put this on Leah's radar because she loves Zelda likes. Um, the problem is, and I don't want to get into a wider discussion here, but I'll just kind of, I, I feel like it is something I'm thinking about right now. As Give much as I want to play it. I, I don't know if I have the time for it. it is, I, I'm in the middle of something right now. I got a big backlog waiting behind that. I can't keep putting. There's just there's too much stuff to play, and it's only going to get worse as we get into the big uh, holiday releases. And even you know we, we talked before about even even like Q1 next year is packed. There's too much good stuff, and so if you're gonna if you're gonna break through that, and you know the the big you know, the the two big um you know obstacles are time and money right you got to have the money to afford these games in the first place and then you got to find the time to play them most people are 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 constrained in at least one of those two in one of those two areas with me it's more time than money um but you know either way like there's just you know, there's, there's 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 only so much of that that i have and so i want to check it out Every new PS5 game that comes out, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to at least look at it because they always look so good. I still mm-hmm. feel like I'm still getting that that next gen, you know, glow from a lot of these new games. Oh man, they just look so good, and the frame rate's so buttery smooth, and the loading times. Like I'm still enjoying that. That I still, I feel like we're still Hi. enjoying that next gen. That next gen honeymoon period is still is still wonderful. So I want to kind of check out everything that comes along. But in terms of the games, I'm really going to commit to. I mean, I, I just started Judgment, which is God knows how many hours that's going to be. You know, Yakuza-type game. It's probably uh. 50, 60 hours at least. And then I'm on to, like, you know, who knows what. You know, by the time I finish that, it'll be the next thing. It's like, I want to check this out. There's just, there's aren't enough hours in the day, and there is too many games out there vying for our attention right now. It's hard to break through. No, totally. You're, you're bringing up a really good point, and I, I feel like the, the last couple of years, we've just been spoiled as gamers with so many high-quality experiences. Like, what it means to uh, be a gamer that, like, that that make sure you play the canon of video games right like what are the games that like you're expected to play and all that it's gotten to the point that it's impossible it's impossible unless it's your full-time job to have played all of the major releases because nowadays a major release doesn't just mean the big triple a titles it also means a bunch of these indie titles it also means these double a titles like we're in this like amazing moment where every vertical of video games are coming back in some way shape and form and what a video game is has been pulled into so many directions that have allowed to plant their seeds and grow into these amazing things that this game is a 40 dollars title that looks like any set like the some of the best 70 dollars titles i've ever seen and it, that's purely because the technology is there to allow these artists to just had their vision speak for itself, right? And like uh, to your point about like the time and money and stuff, I think Kena, Kena is an amazing investment because it is a on the shorter side. Um, like you could beat it in like twelve hours, and it's forty dollars. So it's like right. that's a, it's a cool thing to be able to to have. And I, I just love that we have options right now. Like between Death Loop coming out, this coming out, all the different games that are on Game Pass on the Xbox side, it's like you don't need to play all of them. We get to play all of them, and you can play them at your at your leisure whenever you want to. Like. I'm having a great time with Deathloop, but 
Kana grabbed me, pulled me away from it. And I'm not necessarily saying it's a better game than that, but it speaks more to me. And I just love that there are games that can speak to so many different people that are coming out that are of this quality. Like the fact that I think the conversation around Kana is mainly around the, like the, oh, the little things that kind of feel off as opposed to like, holy crap, this is an incredible achievement that this game is as good as it is. That says a lot about the games industry. We've evolved. Our expectations are higher. And the, the standard bar for what good is and the standard bar for what amazing is has kind of just changed dramatically, I would say, since 2017, probably. And it's only been moving more and more in that direction where, you know, we always talk about how 2017, 2018, they had those banger obvious game of the year titles with God of War and with Zelda Breath of the Wild. But then we had years like 2019 that are like, okay, there's a ton of really, really high quality games, but there's not that one standout. And I love that where we're at now in 2021, there's not that one standout, but we're talking about a... Well, that's, I mean, that, 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 that's a matter of opinion. For, for, for me, there is. I mean, I, I, I definitely yeah, but that's know what my, my point. Though. My point is everyone has their own, but there's not right. one consensus title. Is there ever really a, a consensus, like one that yeah. everyone can, like almost everyone can agree on? Breath of the Wild and God of War. It's like my thing. I'm not saying. Well, okay, but that's two different person. games. So okay, so which is no, the which, so which one is it then? That's two different years. Oh, were they two different years? What okay? Yeah. What about the what, what about when Zelda and Mario Odyssey came out the same year? Well, that's the thing. Is like there's still conversation, but at the end of the day, I would say that I would say a vast majority of people would give it to Breath of the Wild. Like when you look back on that, people don't remember Odyssey as being the game of the year that year. They they remember Breath of the Wild being the game of the year. Again, it's a totally matter for, for for my wife Leah. It was definitely Breath of the Wild for me. It was more Mario because I'm just more of a Mario guy than a Zelda guy. So the games could be equally as good, but then then the tiebreaker becomes well, what's more to your personal taste? Let me ask you this: I talked about like managing backlogs and there's too much good stuff. I just want to ask you because it's something I think about a lot. When you have multiple games out there at a given time vying for your attention, Tim. Are you able to juggle? You're like, Monday night, I'm going to play this. Tuesday night, I'm playing that. And then Wednesday, I'll go back to this other thing. Especially when games have got like, you know, multiple narratives and things. Are you able to to juggle big story-based games at the same time? Like jumping back and forth? Or do you have to like commit to one, finish it, then move on to the next? I realized a while back that I love video games. And that doesn't mean that that relationship needs to be I'm at the beck and call of video games. I only want to play them when I'm enjoying it. I don't want to have to play anything. And I feel like whenever games get me to that point that I feel like I have to play it, I'm like, cool, I don't have to do this. So I'm not going to. I always like use the the story of like, I remember being a little kid and going to like a McDonald's or whatever, and they'd have those kiosks. Or you go to a doctor's office and they'd have the shitty N64 controller or like a, a hotel always had the the N64 controller like connected to the TV or whatever. And yeah, like a was... three foot cable. Exactly. And when you're a kid, <laughs> you're just like, I just fucking want to play video games. I don't care what the game is. I just want my hands on the controller. I'm a 32 year old man at this point. Like I don't need to have my hand on a controller. I don't need to be playing a game. The game needs to speak to me. The game needs to be bringing me some type of joy. And it's like, I, I take the joy where I can get it these days, Gary. So it's like, when I'm playing something, if it really is connected with me, like Kana has been, I'm like, cool. I'm dropping everything else because this is what I want to do, right? And I feel like if two games are competing uh, to pull me away like to each other, like that, that is an amazing privilege to have. And I haven't had that in a very long time uh, with the way I play games. But I think that that's cool that we can all play games differently. It's another very interesting issue that you raise, and this is something else that's been on my mind lately, is this, somebody said to me recently that media consumption has always begun to feel like homework. 
because there's so much to do and you almost feel like there's an obligation to keep up with everything, especially from people like you and me, Tim, to, you know, to different degrees. It's our job, right? You work for, a, for, a, for an outlet that talks about and reviews all the latest, not just video games, but TV shows, movies, comic books, everything in popular culture. So you do have to stay on top of it. I work, I, I write film and television and video games and stuff like that. So I have to you know, feel an obligation to keep on top of everything. And we're, I kind of feel like we live in an era now where if you haven't watched ted lasso or the white lotus or succession or if you haven't played the latest hot video game you're always almost you almost are passively made to feel guilty about it that you have that you're not keeping on top of all this other cool stuff that everyone's into do you do, do you get that feeling because i feel like that's i don't know it's I, I like i'm the same as you i don't feel like if i feel like watching some old episode of fucking storage wars or whatever shit i feel like watching to turn my brain off instead of like the prestige hbo netflix you know apple tv stuff that's out there i'm gonna watch what i want to watch but i still feel a little bit residually guilty that i'm not watching this not watching or consuming or playing the stuff that i'm quote unquote supposed to be watching because it's what everyone's into right now do you know what i mean oh yeah totally i mean uh, personally i feel like i have leveled up my life when I learned how to weaponize that feeling and as opposed to like letting it be a weapon towards me where it's more like it I need to decide what brings me joy and what you're talking about is discourse and I need to ask myself what discourse brings me joy and what discourse stresses me out and makes me upset and so there are certain things where I'm like I'm gonna watch this show because I want to be a part of the conversation I want to be educated on and have be able to have opinions that are backed up by something and, and be able to contribute to the discourse there. There's a ton of things I'm like, I don't want to touch that with a 10 foot pole. And there's other things where I'm like, I just want to consume this stuff to have it to myself. And I don't necessarily need to talk to you about it because I'm doing this for me. I'm not doing it for the, for the discourse. And I think all three of those things are very valid approaches to it all. And it's just like, you can take that with music, with movies, TV, video games. It goes across all of it. Like do what makes you happy. But to do that, you need to learn what makes you happy and you need to learn what it is you're looking for out of the thing because sometimes just enjoying the thing isn't the enjoyment. The enjoyment's actually talking about it afterwards. Right. And if that's true, then cool. And Double that's, down on and, that. Figure that and, out. And, and again, that's different for different people. I think that's, again, a really interesting point that, you, that you've touched upon there that it's not just the consumption of the media anymore. It's being part of the conversation because we have these tools now, right, through social media that the conversation, the discourse, as you put it, is such a big part of the experience, right? You don't just watch it. You then go and, like, add you, – you, you kind of yeah, add your two cents to the conversation, the ongoing discourse. I That's one thing where I have kind of felt it's more healthy to kind of disengage. Like, I want to watch the stuff that I want to watch because I want to watch it, not because I feel like I need to be part of the conversation. Even yeah. something, even it's like, I, I got to watch, you know, people are live tweeting shows and doing their recaps the next day. It's almost like you haven't really watched it unless you make your, your opinions, unless you show that you've watched it, demonstrate that you've watched it and make your opinions public. But I've really tried to disengage with that. Like, I've been, my wife and I have been watching Ted Lasso season two this uh, th these past few weeks weeks i have a lot of i have a lot of thoughts about ted lasso season two but i have not expressed any of them online because i just i, I feel like i can just watch the show and enjoy it and keep my thoughts to myself and that can be enough like not you know and we have we seen bo burnham talk about this and you know not every fucking thought and opinion you have needs to be expressed for everyone to see like it's okay to like think shit and just keep it to yourself yeah, but on the other side, it's also okay to share your opinion and enjoy yeah, but sharing again, that opinion. It, it, the, the tools are there if you want to do it, but I, yep. again, I feel like it's it's become such a default that I think some people almost feel a sense of obligation to contribute yeah. to the discourse. Do you know what I mean? And that, to me, is that, that's where it starts to feel a little bit oppressive. Yeah, it, it's definitely it's interesting, and I think that we're going to 
kind of see this kind of continue to uh, affect people a lot. And that's why I'm saying like, you just need to learn how to control it and weaponize it yourself. You need to really like right. take a moment and think about how these things are making you feel and, and go forward. Like one of the most uh, brilliant things I've ever seen somebody say was years ago at VidCon at this point. And it was um, Zay Frank, who was at the time, uh, one of the biggest YouTubers and the founder of Buzzfeed. And this is back in the early days of BuzzFeed uh, before they became like what they are today, definitely. But even before they became like the number one thing, it was on their like rise. And he was talking about like what makes BuzzFeed different than everything else. And the idea was the, the core concept of why the website existed and what its function was, was to share who you are with someone else. The content was all about sharing a piece of you. So every single thing, the reason that li that the listicles exist and the reason that headlines were written the way that they were back then of like the 15 things that prove you're this type of person or whatever, it was all about being able to identify that so that you have something to be able to show people, look, I identify with 15 things that prove you're a 90s kid. I want to identify as a 90s kid. I want people to think of me as a 90s kid. And that allowed conversations to start and like, communities to kind of form in a bunch of different ways. And I've always just been so fascinated by that concept of having community based around, like having content that's pure purpose of being created is for people to identify with and be able to share their identity. And I think that what we're talking about here when with video games and with the conversation around video games and all that is there are more options than ever. And I love that when it comes to kind of funny because of the way we talk about all this stuff, if a video game comes out, so many best friends out there are able to tweet at us and be like, oh, Tim, this is a Tim-ass game. You should check it out. This is a Gary-ass game. This is a Greg-ass game. Like That means something different because of the way that we share who we are through video games and through our connection with this art. Yeah, and, and that's and, and, and that's why increasingly when, when I talk about things that I like or I don't like or thumbs up, thumbs down, I always put it through the lens of my personal preference rather, rather than saying this one thing is objectively better than something else. When I when I saw that you when I saw your face this morning, first when I turned on Discord, I was always I'm always glad to see you, Tim. But I was a little bit bummed out that it wasn't Greg, because I really wanted to give some shit this week for this fucking egg McMuffin um, versus McGriddles thing that he wasted everyone's time with yesterday. Dragging into today, I really wanted to give him some shit over it because it's such a collage. It's almost I feel like this is this is a symptom of the the idea that every vacuum, every quiet moment that we have now has to be filled with some kind of pointless debate. And it's things like this is such a fucking colossal waste of time and mental energy. Let me put it this way to you, Greg. Oh, sorry, Tim. Because this is how badly I want to give Greg shit. I'm imagining that he's you. I'm like, I've got mm -hmm. you. I've got. Go I'm, I'm superimposing his face Please over do. you. So you're going to be well Greg playing. for the purposes of this conversation. So the mm -hmm. problem with you, Greg, is that this. Let's say that you and I rolled up to a McDonald's drive-through, and I ordered an egg McMuffin, and you in the passenger seat ordered a, a, a McGriddle. I wouldn't turn to you and say, "What the fuck is wrong with you? An egg McMuffin is clearly superior to the griddle. You should have an egg McMuffin. You should you should change your order." I would never do that. I would just let you have what you want to have and leave you the fuck alone. And like I'll eat what I want to eat, and you eat what you want to eat, and we mind That's each scary. other, mind, mind our own fucking business. So why does it have to be turned? Why does it have to be a big fucking social media debate? Just eat what you like and leave everyone else the fuck alone. Hello, Greg. Gary, you don't ever put me into a fucking hypothetical situation sentence that's going to have me eating a McGriddle. All right, I'll eat the dirt outside the right, McDonald's drive-through before it, I ate a McGriddle. It. Flip it either way. By the way, your microphone is really loud. Flip it the other way. The point is, eat what you want and mind your own business. I didn't like want to get into debate. the egg McMuffin. Now, if I didn't my, want to now, do if, the egg if, McMuffin McGriddle debate McDonald's, yesterday. Right? You said the word to me. If McDonald's was saying we're phasing one out, 
and th then you would go fight for the one that you want, right? Because that actually affects you. But, but as long as either, both of us, he's fucked off because he knows he's going to lose this argument. Even if, even it, it, as long as both remain a choice, just have your choice and See, leave the other person here's, here's alone. My thing though, Why Gary? does one person have to be right and one person have to be wrong over a matter of taste? I don't think that that's where it started. <laughs> that, of course, no, that's, but that's where, where it, it ends. always ends up. That's where it always ends. But uh, what I appreciate about it as a fucking scholar here okay i'm the only motherfucker sit sitting here paying attention where it's just like what i find fascinating is, is the, how split this is i am just fascinated that, that there are people that have such opinions about these things as if it's this bitter rivalry between two foods from mcdonald's and i think that's great that like all these polls they're close it's not like there's a clear fucking winner here and that's and the I, thing what was it 49 acting, 51 or something yeah they're acting like there's a clear fucking winner I know I have my preferences, like you're saying. I'm not going to get mad at somebody for uh, ordering the other thing. I am going to think they're stupid if they think one one is vastly superior this to is, the other. This really does connect to our previous conversation, uh, Tim, that through social media, where mm -hmm. everyone's expected to be a part of the discourse and you feel like you're obliged to contribute to the, these ongoing debates, is that now we're, we're so desperate to contribute to arguments and we're so desperate to be like outraged about things and be right and, and have the other person be wrong that we'll argue about literally anything. We'll argue about an Egg McMuffin versus a McGriddle. The most pointless shit we will get really in, into these. And, and I, I get it. It's all a joke. It's all a bit of fun. It's all very silly. But we get we get all heated up about it. Oh, my God. Fuck you, McGriddle. It's like. What's what's item number two? On the Roper Report. <laughs> the number two is the double cheeseburger meal. You get two of the different cheeseburgers. But uh, uh, before we get to number two, Kevin, you ready for this? Let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Away. Whether you're running to the grocery store, planning a weekend away, or taking an extended stay with friends or family, we're all still in the bizarre current reality of travel. Luckily, Away makes trips all kinds of easy peasy with their actual life-changing range of suitcases, bags, and accessories. I love Away. Uh, you know, us are kind of funny. We travel a whole bunch, or at least we used to, and I never would travel without my Away luggage. I love it. It is so smooth to just roll that thing. It's beautiful, very nice to look at. You know me. I care about aesthetics, and so does Away. An Away bag is one of those things that once you get your hands on it, it makes you wonder how the heck you lived without it. It is easily the best luggage I've ever had. Away offers a 100-day trial and free shipping and returns on everything so you can't lose you can start your 100 day trial and shop the entire away lineup of travel essentials including their best-selling suitcases at awaytravel.com slash kfgd that's awaytravel.com slash kfgd a-w-a-y-t-r-a-v-e-l.com slash kfgd D. Next up, shout out to Amazon Music. Amazon Music has over 10 million free podcast episodes to listen to, including this one. But Amazon Music isn't just for listening to podcasts. That'd be ridiculous considering it's Amazon Music. Uh, they've also got thousands of music stations and top playlists to stream for free. And no matter what you're listening to, you can even go hands-free with Alexa. You just download the app and enjoy listening free wherever, anywhere on your favorite devices. There's no credit card or subscription required. Um, I've been listening to Bo Burnham's Inside for the, I don't know, millionth time this year. And Amazon Music makes that fun, makes that easy. And man, what, a, what an experience that is. I recommend it to everybody. Uh, if you've never tried Amazon Music, what are you waiting for? You're going to love it as much as we all do. Uh, start listening for free today. Head over to Amazon.com slash KFGD. That's Amazon.com slash KFGD to stream thousands of music stations and over 10 million podcast episodes for free, including this show. Amazon. Amazon.com slash 
Draftkings.com slash KFGD. And finally, shout out to DraftKings. It's been one heck of a kickoff for the NFL season, Andy keeps telling me, and it's only getting better at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. DraftKings is putting new customers in the center of the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in on the action now. All you have to do is pick up your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and the best part is you can deposit and withdraw your cash when you want you can download the DraftKings app now and use code kfgd download the DraftKings app now and use code kfgd this week new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes enter the code kfgd to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit that's code kfgd only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the nfl there's a minimum five dollar deposit required eligibility restrictions apply see draft kings.com for details but remember code kfgd at DraftKings. welcome to the internet om jesus uh story number two invites and info for the next halo infinite multiplayer tech preview are officially rolling out this comes from the official halo waypoint site our primary goal for these two tech previews will be to test our online services at a larger scale than ever before. Some would say a big team battle scale. Uh, to achieve this goal, all Halo insiders with eligible accounts as of September 13th will be invited to participate. The game content will be Social Arena, which is including objective modes and a new map on Sunday, September 26th. Uh, Bot Arena, including objective modes. Big Team Battle, the debut September 30th through October 3rd. Uh, three different modes on the map called Fragmentation. There's a training mode, weapon drills, customization, battle pass, and new Halo Waypoint app and web experiences matchmaking will only be set up for a set amount of time each day in order to help us test our servers against the highest concurrency possible while this does mean shorter time for players to go hands-on it's critical to our primary goal of ensuring that our online services are ready for launch the daily matchmaking windows for both weekends will be 10 a.m to 2 p.m pacific and 5 p.m to 9 p.m pacific on the friday saturday and sunday of each flight uh lists that break down what's happening are when are more usually more helpful for me so i made one in case it's helpful for you too there's a whole breakdown of everything thursday evening this thursday september 23rd you will be able to download the build so you're just ready to go uh for the weekend and then friday saturday sunday and uh monday or friday saturday sunday we got 10 to 2 5 to 9 and then on monday it's uh it closes at that 10 a.m time so get it in this weekend and then next weekend is where the real fun begins same idea friday saturday sunday 10 to 2 5 to 9 and that's when big team battle enters the game and we get to, to go into some stuff big team battle this time around is 12 v 12 as opposed to the old school 8 v 8 uh when outside of these matchmaking windows the training mode weapon drills battle pass and customization experiences will remain online and available in game I'm excited as hell. Snowbike Mike's excited. Andy's excited. A lot of members of the team are excited. We're going to be streaming. We're not exactly sure when, uh, but stay tuned to twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and twitter.com slash kindoffunnyvids for more info on exactly what content we're making around this. But Gary Witta, you yes. are on the X-Cast. You are uh, one of my favorite people in the world. How excited are you for this? What does this do for you? Halo, Infinite, the the test previews, all of that. Let me know. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I um I've dabbled with Halo over the years. More to be honest with you, more on the single player 
campaign side. I always enjoy the single player story campaigns. Multiplayer, I generally, I haven't really played a lot of that just because, you know, I get my ass kicked. I'm not competitive. Uh, my XCast co-hosts, Mike and Paris, are, of course, super excited about it. They were in the last flight, uh, which was exclusively just against bots. But this is the one that's going to be more like the actual multiplayer experience, you know, full-on matchmaking, big team battle, like you said, playing against, you know, your friends. Um, that is going to be... Um, I think a lot of fun and I'm excited for Mike and Paris and all the other hardcore Halo fans who have signed up for this and are going to get a little, little taste of infinite uh, multiplayer early. Personally, I'm content to wait for the for the game to come out December 8th and jump in there. Not because I don't care, but just because, again, there's so many other things that I'm playing right now. I'm not a super hardcore Halo zealot like Mike and Paris are where, you know, every flight they're going to be signed up for it. They're going to be playing, you know, right up until the last minute that Microsoft flipped the switch and turned it off again, they're going to be playing. That's not me. I, I am looking forward to it just as I'm looking forward to um, the new Battlefield and, you know, a bunch of games that are coming out this uh, this holiday season. So I'm in definitely when the game goes full retail, I'm going to be excited to hook up with Mike and Paris and they can hold my hand and like ch show me, um, you know, how not to, you know, get my ass handed to me on a regular basis. But it's been a, basically, it's been a very long time since I was competitive um, at multiplayer shooters with a mouse and keyboard on the PC. Maybe I could be a bit more competitive this time, but you know, my history of, um, you know, gamepad, you know, Halo multiplayer is, it's not great. So uh, much much in the same way that I gave, I, I really like PUBG, but I gave up playing it a while ago because I felt like the, 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 the skill base had kind of left me behind. I was just not, I wasn't good enough to really be competitive. And I don't feel like I have to be great at a game to enjoy it. But when you're just getting killed over and over and over, there comes a point when that's just not fun anymore if you don't feel like you can even like get your foot in the door. So it's been a long time. I'm going to give it another try. I'm going to give it a fair shot. If I feel like if I can be if I can be competitive, if I'm on a team of players who are willing, you know, to carry me a little bit while I, you know, figure out what I'm doing, then great. Teams playing with teams is always more fun anyway, but I'm going to wait and see. Happy to wait for December 8th. I I feel like I'm a lot more similar to you in this than anyone else at kind of funny where I am not good. I'm not good at uh, competitive multiplayer games, specifically first-person shooters. Like, I just don't got the stuff. Having said that, I don't think I've had more fun this year with a video game than with the weekend with the technical preview for Halo Infinite. Hanging out with Mike and Andy playing was such a blast. I think one key thing, too, is that I to incentivize you, if you have time, to even pop in for a little bit. These bot arenas, which is what the first technical yeah. flight mainly was, and some of this one's going to be as well are so fun and they make you feel like a badass Gary. These right. things aren't going to beat you. You're just fucking running through them and it is awesome. It is. It allows you to just understand the mechanics that make Halo Infinite specifically shine and oh, do they shine. I love it. It is such a blast and I can't wait to be able to kind of grow with that stuff to hopefully get to a point that I am a little bit more competitive when the game finally comes out. But what I've always enjoyed most about Halo is that the multiplayer, especially the big team battle stuff with the objectives, you don't necessarily need to be the sharpest shooter in the game like i'm right. the flag capture we play capture the flag i'm the flag guy i'm sneaking around getting that thing and it's just like that to me is so much fun and it's a totally different skill set than uh necessarily like going out there getting yeah that's kills true possible i actually really like class-based shooters for that reason when i used to play team fortress 2 i mainly played as played as an engineer which is more of a tactical you know, yeah. job than it is being you know, a Twitcher. You build turrets and you defend them and you find places, you know, choke points and stuff where you can be most effective. So I really like it when you when you get to find a class or a role that, you know, is suitable for your play style. I'm actually glad that we're talking about this, Tim, because I wanted to check in with you on something. Since we were talking about different control methods, this was a, a hot topic, a conversation on a recent X-Cast when we were mm -hmm. talking about the last flight. 
you tweeted out a picture while we were live on the X-Cast. And I was like, guys, guys, breaking news. I had to tell everyone what mm-hmm. you were doing. I thought this was fascinating where you had you had adopted kind of a hybrid control mechanism where you were using you had a you had a gamepad in one hand and you were using the left thumbstick to move around but you had a but you had your mouse for the actual aiming so you were using you were using both control methods in a kind of a hybrid configuration i just was fa- I, that was a really really interesting way to approach it did i would so i i didn't have a chance to talk to you about it yet did that actually work for you was that like a valid way to play Oh, um, it's the best way to play, and anyone that says anything different are ignorant <laughs> and need to adjust their 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 life views. Like, here's the thing, man: was how I was playing perfect? No, it was in the beta. It worked, unlike many other games where I've tried to do that in the past and it wouldn't work. Anybody that's out there, just like, oh, like what, this is stupid. It's like, think about it. It's literally just the best of both worlds. All you're getting is the good stuff. You're not getting any of the bad parts. You're getting the hand cramp of the WASD. Get the hell out of here. Nobody can argue. Nobody can argue. The WASD works better than analog stick for movement. What? Like, come on! But now here's no. The thing. I mean, you're, you're, you're talking I, a lot I of silly? sense, Tim. Am I silly for? You're for talking here, a lot of sense. Like, like how would you heavy? rather move around with a, with your thumb on the thumbstick or with WASD? No, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and if you and if you can get your left brain and your right brain working together, because on to look at it, it's like it looks like that's not right. Like you're breaking some kind of. I don't understand, but I feel like you're breaking some kind of gameplay rule. But mm-hmm. you're really not. And of course, yeah. I, I I think you're right in in both counts. Right? It's like what 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 is the best way? Uh, and don't get carried away. What is the best way to to use your left and your right hand? Right when you're playing a game. Now, what's the, what's, the, thing, what's the best way to navigate? Oh, look at what look look at what you're doing to There's me. This- there's this this the Razer Tartarus Pro is an option right, for people Tartarus. where this is your left <laughs> hand and then right. there's this like this little the analog stick. I will say, not a fan. This isn't this doesn't do what I need it to do. The way that your hand rests on it, the analog stick is diagonal. I, I want up to mean up, not diagonal. Does that make well, sense? Was it was it is was it comfortable over the long term for you to be holding a controller just in one hand the way you were doing though? So that's the thing. Absolutely not, Gary. Absolutely not was it comfortable. The thing was way too heavy. I had to like put it down on the table. It's not the end of the world. But here's my solution. And it's the dumbest solution in the world. But guess what? Until motherfuckers can step up to me, the glorious future of video games, and make some peripherals that actually make sense, guess what I'm planning to do, Gary? For Halo. You're going to put like a brick on your desk or something? No. The PlayStation 3. Oh my God! Moved. I don't even know what the hell this is called. I don't remember. Greg Miller's probably what is the that navigation. Thing? The navigation controller. Nunchuck. It was the PlayStation 3's Wii Nunchuck knockoff. All right, but guess what? This is super comfortable. I have all the buttons I need to do whatever the hell I want to do. Then Are I you get, to get aim that with the mouse. Oh yeah, dude. Does it require a mini USB? <laughs> Yeah, did I have That's... to order that because I didn't have one anymore from Amazon? Oh my yeah. god, mini do USB. I have to do a now you going firmware back. Firmware things for drivers to be able to make it work on my PC. Yeah, but guess what? I'm gonna fucking dominate. And when I say dominate, I mean I'm gonna dominate. Me having fun. I listen. I think you're, you're talking a lot of sense, just in the same way that I think any sensible person would recognize that a, that a mouse is a better aiming mechanism than a thumbstick. I think people would have to agree that a thumbstick's a better movement Thank mechanism you. than WASD. Thank you. Absolutely. You're Thank on. You you're so living much. in the year fucking three thousand, Tim. This mm-hmm. is. We're all trying to catch mm-hmm. up. 
I know. I know. I've been saying it for a long time. Uh, story number three, sticking with more Halo stuff here. Halo Infinite Dev explains multiplayer challenges to ease worries about progression. This comes from Matt Perslow at IGN. Uh, this is all actually from the same Halo Waypoint article. It's very long. They've been doing a lot of the Halo Insider uh, development updates that are talking about the technical preview, but then also where they're at with the, the actual final game and like what their plan is. And there's been a lot of debate here, Gary, after the technical preview of how progression works, how XP works, because you don't get XP for every game that you play. You only get XP okay. if you do these challenges. You're limited to how many challenges you can do. People don't seem uh, stoked about this. They're very trepidatious. Word of the day, trepidatious. Uh, but let me, let's me let get into this here. Halo Infinite developer 343 Industries has addressed player concerns about the game's challenge-based multiplayer progression, stating that it should take a player 16 to 18 hours of play before they run out of daily challenges. Now think about that, Gary. That's a day. <laughs> <laughs> so it would require 18 hours of play a day for those challenges before they reset the next day. Uh, right. On the latest Inside Infinite post on Halo Waypoint, 343's community manager outlined how Infinite's progression will work. Rather than progressing through Infinite's battle pass system with traditional XP granted for kills, assists, and wins, XP will instead be provided for completing weekly and daily challenges. Players have previously voiced concern about how the system time gates progression, as if you run out of challenges, there's no way to push forward through the battle pass. However, However, 343 states it will take many hours for that to happen. At launch, we anticipate that on average, it should take a player 16 to 18 hours of playing and eventually winning before they run out of daily challenges. While we understand the community's feedback around wanting a steady drip of match XP and more ways to earn XP for the battle pass, we're optimistic that the system available at launch will give players adequate means of continually having something to accomplish and a means to progress. Looking, for, looking further ahead beyond launch, we expect these systems to evolve in direct partnership with player feedback kind of want to stop there any thoughts on that gary i'm interested this is the first i'm hearing of it and i i do have a couple of initial thoughts um i do think it's first of all i would reserve judgment on um whether or not this is a better system than just grinding xp through hours played until i see what the challenge is i get how i feel similarly about this the way i do about achievements if if achievements and trophies are designed in such a way that they're fun to pursue and they're additive to the game then that's great but if they become just like stupid chores and busy work you know like paint every pix paint every corner of the map you know go visit every single you know pixel on the entire map just like a really laborious you know, counting counting grains of sand on a beach that's not a, that to me is not additive so it really I, I wouldn't make a judgment on this until I see how the challenges actually work and do they make them do they encourage you to have more fun playing the game. So I wouldn't I wouldn't make a blanket judgment just on the, the fact that they're doing it generally in this way. I do think there might maybe there's something to it. I know the hardcore who want to grind out and want to hit max you want you're going to want to min max the game and hit the level cap as soon as possible are maybe going to be perturbed by this because this this almost seems like a way to kind of throttle them or slow them down a little bit it seems like microsoft is maybe or 343 is maybe trying to institute a system whereby you can progress but there's a limit to how quickly you can progress you know each day so it's not like i'm going to jump on like day 3 and everyone's already max level because they've been playing 25 hours a day the game is saying the game is saying you can progress and you can you can actually progress quite quickly if you really want to put the hours in but you but you, you can't just brute force your way to like getting you know to, to grabbing every weapon and perk in the game super fast just by you know gaming it because you know we've I used to see this in warcraft all the time people would hit max level all the time by literally playing 24 hours a day they would play in shifts 
somebody would play eight hours and then someone else would take over and play that character for another eight hours and they were never not min-maxing the game. And it's just, it's a brute force way to do it and it's valid. I always found it, you know, it, it never really appealed to me. I never really understood the point of like just trying to get to the end of a game as quickly as possible. Why not just fast forward through a movie? You know, you're not going to enjoy it, but you'll get to the end more quickly. But video games, I like to stop and smell the roses and have, like you said, I want to, I want to have fun playing the game and if this system allows it, it helps me to do that then i'm all for it i don't really have a lot of sympathy for people that just want to like brute force grind their way to the level cap as quickly as they can yeah it's it's really interesting because like there's there's a lot more information here on all the the daily weekly challenges and how those work a little more i want to say is completing all weekly challenges unlocks a capstone challenge which is the same for all players each week unlike the daily challenges which seem like there's about 700 different challenges every day but like you get randomized ones of which ones are assigned to you so there's a ton of things to do and again those reset every day so it's not expecting you to ever do them all but there's a lot of variation there's a lot of options there to kind of uh, keep you engaged with the, the different things they want you to do. Um, but the capstone challenge is the same for all players each week and grants a coding or emblem as a reward for completion. An example is tactical precision, which requires 15 headshot kills. Uh, and then there's a lot of just different ways these systems kind of work together that they go into further detail on. To me, it just kind of seems like this is a radical departure from how other video games handle this stuff and i don't necessarily think that it's better or worse it's just not what people are used to and you know change is scary and i think that we're gonna have to see this in a final release hopefully that this next technical preview will give a better idea of how it's actually gonna work compared to last time which i understand a lot of the issues people had with it because it was a lot more limited but i think adding all of this with the amount of challenges with the amount of daily and weekly and all of that it this this way could prove to be very well thought out. And they're, they're obviously pushing yeah, it again, for a reason. That, that's why I reserve judgment. And I, and I do think in general, it, it could be a more meritocratic system. And I know that some of this is already built in, you know, games that just reward you for, you know, most, most games that have a, have an XP progression system will avoid, will, will award you more for a win than for a loss. For example, that's fairly common, but most games will award you just for playing. Oh, you yeah. lost. You did terribly, but you played for an hour. You need you 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 were you were active for a certain amount of time. Here's some numbers, so, so, yeah. So we'll give you some XP. I, I I I I think that it would be more of a meritocracy, and you, it's better to be rewarded for your skill rather than just the hours that you put in. So if it's mm -hmm. a system of yeah, you, let's say that I played for ten hours, but was was crap. Um, I don't think I should get a lot of XP for that. But if I played for two hours. And I was getting headshot after headshot and 360 no scopes and like, you know, incredible, you know, KD ratio. Those are the things that I feel like you should be rewarded for. They should be rewarded, be rewarded. The players that, that should be rewarded are the ones that play the best, not the ones that play the most would be the short way to put it. Yeah, I'm interested. And I think at the end of the day, 343 Industries have proven and everything they've done with uh, Halo Infinite so far has shown that they are listening to players. They understand they just want us to give them a chance with this because they've thought about it and they have a plan. I'm interested in seeing this plan. Will it end up sticking? I don't know. But if it doesn't, I am confident that they're going to come revert or come back to something that people are happy with because they're so far, they're nailing infinite from the multiplayer perspective. And I expect that to continue. Moving on to story four, the U.S. government is now investigating Activision Blizzard's Bobby Kotick, and he is subpoenaed. Uh, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has reportedly launched. This is from uh, Zach Wise in Kotaku. 
The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has reportedly launched a wide-reaching investigation into Activision Blizzard with the government agency looking into how the embattled publisher handled the multiple allegations of sexual harassment, abuse, and toxic behavior that became public following a California Department of Fair Employment and Housing lawsuit filed in July. The SEC has subpoenaed Activision and several of its high-ranking execs, including, including CEO Bobby Kotick. In a report out today by the Wall Street Journal, it was revealed the SEC has begun investigating Activision Blizzard and is asking for the Call of Duty and Warcraft publisher to hand over various documents. These include the personal files of six previous employees and records of CEO Codex's uh, communications with executives relating to the numerous complaints of sexual harassment and discrimination levied against Activision Blizzard staff. Uh, Activision spokesperson confirmed that the Wall Street Journal on Monday to the Wall Street Journal on Monday that the SEC was indeed investigating the massive gaming publisher, telling the outlet that they are focused on the company's disclosures regarding employment matters and related issues. She also confirmed that several current and former employees had been subpoenaed by the federal agency. Um, the company is cooperating with the SEC. The investigation is not necessarily about finding justice for the victims of the horrible abuse, but instead about looking out for the company's investors who probably aren't happy about its recent cycle of bad news. The Wall Street Journal explains that the SEC is investigating to figure out whether Activision and its executives correctly and adequately disclosed allegations of workplace harassment and gender pay issues to investors and other related individuals, and if these disclosures happen quickly enough, according to the documents seen by the outlet. Gary? Um, I said to you before the, the show that I'm almost a little bit, I've got a little bit of Activision Blizzard fatigue, as I'm sure that we all have. This story um, isn't going away. It seems only to be getting worse and worse for Activision Blizzard, and rightly so. They're, they're not handling it well. More and more investigative bodies are getting involved. Here's now the SEC. And as someone who has said many times on this show that Kotick needs to go, he needs to go uh, because I don't believe that there's any way forward um, or any redemption for Activision Blizzard, uh, so long as the person who managed them into this hole in the first place continues to be in charge, right? You, you, it, it, he's, re he's chiefly responsible for, he's the chief executive officer of that company. And so he's chiefly responsible for what has happened to it, for the, for the terrible situation it's in now. So why would anyone trust him to now turn that ship around you need you need you need fresh blood you need a fresh attitude you need someone new in there to you know uh to increase improve investor confidence improve the morale and the confidence of the people that work um under you there at activision blizzard he's got to go and so i think the spotlight now falling very squarely on him bobby kotick has been tiptoeing through the raindrops on this one for a while now um and now that the focus is specifically on him i got to tell you tim i would love i would love to see bobby kotick sitting and you know in one of those hearings you know with all the cameras and the lights and everything you know being being grilled by sec investigators you know top top expert professionals you know he's going to be sweating that watching 10 hours of that tim would be more entertaining to me than any game activision blizzard could put on the market Damn, i would absolutely i would i would absolutely <laughs> love that and so I'm really glad that the spotlight is falling on him because he is chiefly responsible. And I do think as the stock price continues to go down and investors continue to grumble, eventually, again, these people are going to protect their investments. And Bobby Kotick uh, is where he is because he's made a lot of money for a lot of people over a lot of years. But there's no loyalty in this business, right? It's called, it's called show business, not show friends. As soon as he starts to 
turn that ship around and suddenly it's going in the wrong direction and now investors like wait i'm losing monday under this and under this guy now he's fucking gone and so i think that i, I think that is the path that we're on i'll actually I'll, I'll actually change my tone a little bit from saying like bobby kotick needs to go and i'll just add and i think he is gonna go i i think ultimately like he's he's survived a lot of shit over the years um, he very narrowly got um, his his mega you know luxury um, uh, bonus package uh, pushed through recently, but there was a certain amount of finagling that had to happen behind the scenes apparently in order to get that done because investors were already kind of unhappy with his performance at the company. Now he's brought all this embarrassment, all this ignominy, all this shame, all this potential financial and legal exposure in jeopardy to the company. Sooner or later, these investors. Uh, patients is get, are going to run out. They can only lose so much money. Uh, they can only lose so much more uh, money before you know they they need they need him to go. And I do think it's going to happen. I do think I would say I'll make this prediction and clip this. Come back in a year, see if I'm wrong. I think within a year, Bobby Kotick's not there. I think he's, yeah. I think this is going to be what finally brings him down. I honestly, I, I think that that's a, a safe bet at this point, and uh, for good reason with all this stuff. I wouldn't go as far as, as you did in terms of personally <laughs> wanting to see him uh, in, in any situation, but I, I do think that this is this is all coming to a head, and this is the result of everyone talking about this and the result of it being exposed, and this is going to result in other companies having to look at this and change a lot of their shit. And this is going to make a better future. It's going to be a very bumpy road to get there, but we're moving in a good direction. And um, this stuff needs to be exposed. It needs to be talked about. And we need to come up with better solutions for a better future and, and a better industry that is safe for everybody. And uh, thinking about the right things and worrying about the right things. So we'll see how that all goes. Um, last story of the day, Kev, if you could bring up this tweet, that would be awesome. Last of Us costumes are coming to Sackboy, a big adventure on September 26th. So five days from now, you will be able to play uh, your little Sackboy as Ellie or Abby from The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, kind of a weird collaboration, but also not at all because it's Sony and they've done this little big planet. It's always kind of had this fun stuff. It's just a little weird to see. <laughs> These characters with this color scheme, with this promo image for Sackboy, a big adventure. Oh, yeah, that's a, a weird combination of tones, right? Because Sackboy is so jolly and fun and frothy and lightweight. And The Last of Us is the opposite of all of those things. So, yeah, strange combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But hey, this is uh, probably for somebody out there. So five days from now, get hyped, everybody. I got ahead of you. I thought you were going to say uh, Last of Us costumes are coming to, and when you got to the S, I thought you were going to say Spirit Halloween Store. I would have mm. been all about that. Mm. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I love that. Um, moving on, let, oh, you know, hold on. Let me take a step back here, Gary. Yes. Spirit Halloween. Halloween is so far away. It's practically here. No, it's not. It's over a month away. Listen, everyone knows Halloween starts September 1st and it goes all the way through October 31st. The true believers know this. True believers. What, okay, if if Blessing is the king of Halloween, Greg Miller ain't shit, what does that make you, Gary Witter? I'm just someone who really likes Halloween. I don't need any kind of like formal, you know, robe or title or crown or um affectation i'm just I, i'm just someone who really loves halloween i'm happy just to be a halloween person well next year's halloween gary is so far away if i want to know what's coming to mama grop shops today where would i look the official list of upcoming software on each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show host each and every weekday oh we don't get to hear it okay
I'm glad we didn't have to hear it. That's yeah. great. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Up today, we got Kana Bridge of Spirits <laughs> on PS5, PS4, and PC with the Epic Game Store. You can use the code kind of funny to get it if you're buying it today. Also, we're about to do the stream right after this. It's really exciting stuff. Uh, next up, we got World War Z Aftermath on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. We got Street Outlaws 2, Winner Takes All on everything. Uh, Sheltered 2 on PC, Golf Peaks, Xbox One, Guild of Ascension on PC. If on a winter's night for travelers on PC, Beyond Contact, PC, Potion Craft, Alchemist Simulator on PC, Red Dead Online, players looking to earn their blood money can gain double RDO bucks and XP for stealing the Ember of the East this week. There's also an influx of Capitale hitting the frontier. I love talking about video games where I'm just reading random features in the game. You're like, this is gibberish. This is another language. What the fuck is a Capitale? Uh, anyways, if you like Red Dead Online, stuff's happening. Uh, Guild Wars 2, End of Dragon, second beta is now live. And like I said, Beyond Contact is in early access on Steam. Some new dates for you. Neo, The World Ends With You is releasing on Epic Game Store next Tuesday, September 28th. And and Townscaper is coming to Android and iOS October 20th. Um, let's see. Where do I want to go from here? You know, we ran long. I want to go straight to your wrong. What did we get wrong today, Gary? I'm going to assume. I, I, I very rarely get anything wrong. but well, That's let's, what let's I was see. saying. I yeah. honestly think we, it's time to sunset this feature because it's usually just people with... Like, they, it, 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 they're not even the your wrongs. Like, Greg like, tries to read them out and they're like, ah, none of these people really have a your wrong. Yeah, not today, today is one of those days, but I will give a shout out to Nanobiologist who says Activision stocks are down 20% as of today when looking at the past six months. There so, you go. How much more can it drop before, before these investors decide enough is enough? We'll have to wait and find out. Tomorrow, this show will return right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames with Blessing and Snowbike Mike hosting. So that's really exciting. Oh, that'll be a good a combo. Rare, a rare Snowbike Mike appearance on Kind of Funny Games Daily. Uh, then Thursday, it's Tamor Hussein and me for a Tam Team Thursday. Very excited about that. Uh, that's a little hint at the future uh, of Kind of Funny Games Daily. When Greg Miller goes on paternity leave, he's going to be doing, or I'm going to be doing, every Thursday with Tam. And I can announce this here. I'm doing every Tuesday with Gary. This is going to be the combo. Oh, wow. This right here. What a, tr what this a treat. The rest of the year, most of the time, at least. That'll be the standard scheduling. So very exciting stuff there. Um, and then on Friday, it is Greg and Blessing, which is also very exciting. If you're watching live on Twitch right now, we're about to load up Kana, Bridge of Spirits. Andy's going to be playing. And we're giving away 21 codes. So that's really cool. Be in the chat to get some of that. Anyways, till next time. Gary, I love you. I really appreciate you. Love you too. You. Your feeling is person. very mutual, sir. Till next time. Love you.